0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play and a deep dive into video games and what makes them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberich, and with me as always is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses.
1: Hello, Paul. Uh, we're back. We're back indeed. And uh, I know after 20 years, people thought we weren't going to be making our return, but. And, and podcasts are still a thing. I know, I know, uh, the, the not too distant future is, uh, more distant and yet more similar. You know, the,
0: there are types of media that are timeless, right? Books, books aren't going anywhere. Movies,
2: i mean, not going anywhere.
0: Podcasts are, are pretty new, but I can't imagine. I mean, it's like, it's like radio on demand, right? It's not
1: going anywhere. i think i think it's worth thinking about podcasts as uh democratized radio mm-hmm. like anybody can do it but it's really a lot like a radio show um it harkens to radio in in so many ways uh listening to old episodes on max fun they even are doing pledge drives just like a public radio station mm-hmm. like the distance is just so 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 close and so like yeah like vinyl records have come and gone and like um you know music isn't going anywhere and yet the album is out of fashion right now and like individual song releases are kind of more where people's focus is but like 20 years ago people did not have as much access to be able to say make music in their homes as they do now and podcasts i think they're like that for radio so as a format of people talking to each other on air um, it's not going anywhere as it's a
0: sort of a tragic uh contrast but like as globalism and capitalism uh continue their their rampage i mean one i'm fully opposed to the other i i don't know uh because i haven't looked into it that much but uh the 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 tools to make these types of media are becoming ubiquitous much easier to to come across anyone can do it and yet the cultural the dominant cultural forces have never seemed more insurmountable and destructive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, there is definitely an ironic moment that we're living in. in so, so many ways, um, but uh, you know, um, and it's actually uh, going to be slightly reflected in, uh, in what I love about games that I'm, I'm going to touch on just a little bit later in this pod.
0: Excellent. And then our sister show, Paul and Moses pray for, <laughs> for the soul of America, uh, coming uh, coming winter of of twenty
1: two. Indeed, be so lucky. it's uh, you know a cross-Abrahamic religion endeavor. <laughs> we're really hoping to um, to finally get the evangelicals to agree with us on something. All right, okay. well, fingers. Crossed. This one is definitely out. We've run <laughs> off the
0: rails. Okay, we're canceling Paul and Moses. Pray, uh, but sorry about that. But um, if you would like to donate to our church, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um yeah man well uh let us uh get in and I've made an executive decision you can uh, obviously as you're right you can override I Override? Um, oh wait yeah. <laughs> but uh I figured uh, game ranks is now our first uh segment instead of lumped in with the intro because it's got its own music and it's distinct
1: Oh that's so funny um I I actually thought that was just like already the case yeah it,
0: <laughs> in all but name it it were and now in name—now it truly is it truly is in name true so uh yeah let's uh let's hop into it it's game ranks and uh the old two zero it you know it's kind of interesting if we were really self-indulgent we could we, we get to do each milestone twice because there's the episode and then there's the rank the rank milestone. the following episode
1: but we're not that I self-aware. think we kind of agreed last week that um you know we were going to celebrate the the episode milestones and the ranks that we will use them periodically uh as milestones for like consideration shuffle etc mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um yeah. although yeah didn't we do our our ranks reading last week but we kind of decided maybe not this week.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's uh every every 10 episodes or so kind of thing. Something like um, that. Would
1: would be would be appropriate. Um so yeah, lay it on me bud so uh you heard me deliberating pre-episode because i had uh figured i'd just slot this one in kind of at the end of the list um and even so i actually struggled a little bit about whether or not i have it in the right spot uh but i realized i couldn't slot it in at the end of the list or even in the 19 slot ahead of Dexter. so uh now new 15 slot for me in between ocarina and mass effect 2 is a classic that i'm sure you played even though we did not play together super smash brothers melee oh, oh or god smash Bros. melee uh, as the title technically reads yeah uh, yeah man it's the only smash game that i've played like heavily mm-hmm. um and not not in years mm-hmm. uh it was on my unranked list pretty early uh and god it it is hard to get stuff into the list at this point like there's so much competition between so many good games that it's just kind of hard to figure out where they kind of go. Yeah. But this one did have to pop up to 15. I couldn't just kind of put it trailing down a little bit lower. I felt like it deserved a little extra extra recognition.
0: No doubt. Um a very special game, a game that defined certainly a, a chapter of of my youth,
1: you yeah. know, with uh,
0: John and our friends, uh the Armstrong boys. Oh yeah. You know, we would just be begging their very strict parents for just, you know, just one more round um kind of ah, a thing. Uh we, yeah. you know, we played endlessly and I still have this draft email. It's might be it's one of my oldest unsent emails about a, a tournament that I was trying going to arrange for us to determine who th- who was actually the best at Smash Bros and there was, you know, uh, you'd have to sing a song to the the winner and it was going to be really yeah okay uh but it never you know it never came
1: to pass that's too bad actually yeah that is too bad so who's your favorite oh uh, link yeah, yeah link was definitely one of mine for sure so versatile like Absolutely. he's got an
0: answer for everything
1: yeah most definitely no link was uh for i think i land on kirby ultimately i loved mm. playing kirby um just a just a delight although you know i spent a little bit of time with basically every every character this again my friend shane when i was living with my friends jp and shane and he would picked up ye, ye old cube mm-hmm. um and uh we got we got it on with whoever wanted and so there were enough people in this house that regular four player matches were just not hard to put together yeah um so it got pretty furious uh down there in that basement basement dwelling um and uh yeah, I, I certainly spent time. You know, I it's like I had no context on the Fire Emblem characters for that game. I was like, okay, and these guys. Okay, <laughs> okay Marth. <laughs> Super thing, Roy. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and I've still never played a Fire Emblem game, but you know, I know that they are beloved by many. They're good. They're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Super Smash Bros. Melee definitely coming in at 15 for me. Played through the whole thing in single player too. Mm-hmm. Fuck those fucking hands. Mm-hmm. Curse those hands. Um, master hand, master hand, master hams. Uh, but you know, um which was a, a you know fun enough experience. Uh, but yeah, needless to say, uh, as with so many games that are on my list thus far, it's just all about that social slash competitive play. Um yeah. and what a great game it was. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that I never was at any remotely competitive level for a broader audience um but uh certainly in in uh in the context of of our abode uh i was capable of being a fearsome opponent and it's one that um shoot the problem with it is kind of like you and i have talked about with fighting games and including why we had the fighting game minute who knows maybe it'll come back is uh you really got to get a bunch of stuff in in hand and in head in order to be competitive in a game like smash so it would be one to like to return to would almost warrant just playing the current version and spending some time to get to get current locked in because I think going back to the GameCube controller and spending enough time to get really proficient again on uh, on that system might be a little more challenging the current one seems
0: seems quite good like they it seems like they stumbled a bit with the one that came before but Super Smash Brothers they added
1: John Rambo and that seemed like a really weird choice to me
0: (laughs) and the terminator. <laughs> the terminator yeah, I oh know hey, that is extra strange. I just I I actually can't even picture the art style. Actually now that I focus I guess the terminator I can't part like... I
1: can super picture. I can super picture like a, a somewhat pixely. It's totally the wrong era, but like right. I picture a pixely like half exposed Arnold terminator
2: mm-hmm.
1: in this flash game. Uh okay. so
0: so you dabbled with with Link like was that your was that your main? But it was one of my mains
1: yeah I, apart and from Kirby, Kirby, as you said, he yeah. probably wound up being my other main, yeah, sure but that' adult. uh
0: Kirby's like plunging attack where he turns into a a brick yep was pretty I mean, powerful. Is, yeah,
1: super effective early game when you've got all three other players on the board. yeah. like you can, you know float up there and kind of get out of the way of some other conflict that's going on and then just drop in on like two other players and mm-hmm. probably decimate one of them, you know, um because they've been kind of wailing on each other and made weak enough that you might just send somebody sailing off into
0: the the great beyond did you play with any sorts of uh custom rules like uh, regarding items or anything like
1: that oh god yeah we didn't i can't remember any of that because it's far enough in the past now but we definitely did screw around with the customization options on the items yeah um like we played heavily enough that we wanted to that you know it's like you get okay we're all like comfortable with the basics let's see how we can Kind of modify or tweak it. You get to the point where you're just like, okay, we're always going to choose a random level to play on, mm-hmm. because uh, you know everybody knows what their like preferred levels are. Let's just let the randomizer make it you know more difficult for us or not.
0: Yeah, and this also brings to mind for me, um, you know, I'm I'm in general I'm quite secure in what I like, and if someone else doesn't like it, uh, that's okay. There are exceptions to that, and. A few of them revolve around jeff gerstman one of my favorite like video game writer uh type people um like he had some very bad luck with outer wilds and it it was poisoned for him uh which and death stranding um and it's odd for me to have the compulsion to be like no you you don't understand and it's for some reason important to me that you accept, like, understand how good this is, like, especially with Death Stranding, because that was such a divisive game. But yeah, it's so beautiful and and brilliant. Um, But uh, also with with the Smash Brothers series, you know, uh, Jeff likes fighting games, but he's very anti Smash Bros. and one of his sort of arrows in his quiver is like the serious people play with items turned off and he's ah. like well if you have to turn the items off then obviously there's something wrong with it but to me it works equally well in fact i prefer no items now whereas i used to do items uh but like the 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 moment to moment tactical fighting and like rolling and shielding like yeah. without the random element of items i find to be super satisfying and
1: i think we wound up doing a lot of Itemless play later on for sure because it is it, it's it is a more like pure version of the game but the items are also fun for sure you know um some of them are maybe a little game breaking uh not unlike mario kart uh mm-hmm. but like but they they can introduce that randomness especially if you're playing with kind of mixed skill level and maybe you're already choosing jigglypuff <laughs> not to pick on jigglypuff hard character to master mm-hmm. um and uh, you know, you throw the items in, and it definitely can give less experienced players a, a little bit of an opportunity to level level the playing field with some of them, or at least feel better about it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, from my perspective, that's actually the ability to turn them off is as important as having them in there, in terms of what makes it a great game and really well thought out and well designed from Nintendo's standpoint.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, you know, if you ever end up getting a Switch, we can totally throw down on some uh some some verses over over i'd love
1: to get a switch it's just i was just thinking today and this is uh a last tangent and then let's like uh find out where you're gonna rank but that i was like you know the um uh steam uh uh oh this box stick pad steam gadget (laughs) i was like that would be appealing, you know, I'm, I'm due for, for making a purchase in the not too distant future, but then I was like, ah, fuck, no, I really do need to just get a PC because it's more versatile. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to spend that kind of money, the PS5 has to get the line, the switch might wind up hopping the line at some point though, because, uh, just of a pricing, the pricing factor over time will potentially favor that. So we'll just have to kind of have to see how some of that goes, how it plays out, but I haven't had a Nintendo platform in a long time and I was actually contemplating uh talking about that today but uh but no no not for today uh but uh, but a worthy a worthy note worthy side note with regard to the Brothers of the Smash. And yes. I knew you would I knew you appreciate this one I'm sure that uh probably this game if not uh others of its of its series are on your unranked. Yeah, um, Melee
0: for sure. The others far further down but uh, yeah. uh and then uh, I find it interesting i can't recall you and i playing much smash brothers it must have just been a timing
1: thing we didn't and so i mean the platform we would have played the most on would have been we in theory given timing. um because it just i don't think for whatever reason that switch took off in kind of the fun club timing of things in terms of uh, that release with us, like, yeah, we played a little bit. You and I played at least a couple of matches, okay, yeah, on Switch, but like more like spi- you know, spicing it in with some other stuff, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the factors were at play. It could well be that um, other platformy co-op or competitive games were just occupying more of the bandwidth um, during that span of time. Yeah, likely. I, I agree. Your um, castle Crashers and your Spelunky, etc. cetera. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, well, for myself, uh, yeah. slotting in um, just under Toe Jam and & Earl and Grand Theft Auto 3 is the beloved masterpiece, Outer Wilds.
1: OK, Outer Wilds has come um, up uh, before on this pod. I yeah. will be playing it in the not too distant future, pardon.
0: Yeah. Um, it has one of the best stories in a game. I've ever played it it zigs when you think it's going to zag in in the smartest and most impactful ways Um, and actually watching Joanna play it for the first time. uh, And it's been it's been a it's been a a road to, to get there. Like I kind of basically for a while, I haven't even mentioned it. Like I totally backed off my campaign to get her to play it because yeah. it is, it is tricky. Um Especially floating around in your spacesuit and bumping into stuff, you know, can be, can be tricky, but, um, I was going to put another game on my list this week and I kept going back and forth. And right before we started recording, I'm like, you know what, I gotta just, it's gotta be outer wilds. It, it, did and does things that are, for me, feeling brand new in in that space in terms of, you know, having this mystery to unravel. You know, you're in this solar system that explodes. Well, the sun goes supernova after 22 minutes, you start over and you're slowly exploring uh, the planets and piecing together this sort of ancient mystery uh, uh, related to the progenitor race uh, in, you know, who, who was in the, the solar system as well, uh, long before your species, like, evolved. And,
1: and given everything you've told me about the writing of this game, there is undoubtedly, and do not spoil why, uh, mm-hmm. uh an infiction reason for the looping.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I yep. look forward to discovering that because I, it's one of the things that I tend to really, I really like it when, uh, when somebody puts some effort in, uh, into their, their theories of time travel or, uh, you know, time anomalies in sci-fi, uh, that's just, Um, it pays off when it's good. And,
0: and yes, and I think there's something even, there's an, even an extra element of that when it comes to video games, because you can engage with the default mechanics of a video game. Okay. You die. And then you start back here again. Right. Normally like there's not an in-world reason for why that happens to Mario, Mm -hmm. uh, nor does there need to be, but in outer wilds, the entire story is built around. Uh, or at least it's a big part of it, you know. Um, and anytime anytime it can break the fourth wall, I guess in a way. Um, but it's not really the fourth wall, is it? Because it's fully it's fully within the game's
1: own like internal narrative. Self-contained. I wouldn't quite call it fourth wall breaking, and there's probably a narrative like theory term for what we're talking about, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah.
0: Um you know, it's another one of those Eternal Sunshine games where if I could wipe my memory of it uh, and and go in fresh, I would definitely do so.
1: Oh, that is funny. I just saw a Reddit post that was like, they didn't use the Eternal Sunshine analogy, but it basically said if you could Eternal Sunshine three games, what would they be? Oh, no, it was like to replay either wiped with no memory or and like, you know, specify it in your responses or whatever. Yeah actually somebody definitely included outer wilds on on their list i didn't read through everybody's responses but i was like oh cool
0: yeah and it it makes sense on a few levels i mean because you're not leveling up you're not acquiring new equipment you are simply acquiring knowledge yeah and uh, a lot of that knowledge is cataloged for you in your ship which is i mean the game would be virtually impossible if that didn't happen um but other than that it is there's no like oh go here next oh here's a little icon go check this out it's like what are you curious about like where do you want to spend your time like what of these seven or so celestial bodies like what intrigues you at this moment and is there more to find out there and you take that knowledge with you and then it's like you're on the next planet it's like oh i'm slowly starting to
1: without a hard and fast determination like you might wind up yeah never mind i'm not gonna ask questions i i no. want to play this game yeah
0: uh, yes you uh, and i'm sure you will um and speaking uh you know opaquely about the um opaquely or or bleak obliquely opaque means you can see through it right no opaque means you can't obviously. okay see i always get those speaking oh opaquely about uh just the environmental sorts of puzzles and the ways that they fit into the fiction and they fit into this Clockwork solar system. Um, and of course, the music is brilliant. And um one sort of sad side note before we conclude here, uh, not really sad, just unfortunate. Um Joanna and I had a huge fight as I was in the final sort of moments, or, or at least the final chapter of that game. I was on my way to beating it. Oh god. And so it ended up I ended up pausing the game for a couple of hours while we had a bad fight and then picked it up again, finished the game that night, you know, uh emotions running high in all directions. Um it definitely cemented it in my brain as 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 a moment, you know, but I but wish not, it wasn't not the way you might have wanted. No, no. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I can't wait to see what what you think, you know, uh I guess one more thing, like as as difficult as it has been for Joanna in some moments, especially with a certain planet that she's really drawn to that has kind of a, a frustrating element to it, if you're not careful, like I thought, okay, she's done. She tried it. That's all I can ask. And that's cool. But then the next night, she's like firing it up again. and I it was like, okay, it's got its Grandma, hooks in you.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, this is not spoilery. It does it does it have some uh, twitchy aspects to it? Mm. I don't mean like, is it a twitch game? I mean like portal is a good example. Most of portal has very little twitch and then there are some moments where it's like actually you need to have just a touch of twitch to get through some of this. Uh, I would
0: say I would say no, but with the portal comparison, maybe, maybe it asks 10% of what portal asks of you.
1: Okay, so that's significantly less than portal. I would almost say yeah. that, that barely qualifies then as yeah. having pushy aspects to it. And obviously that's not a blocker for me at all. That was just more a curiosity factor uh, than anything else. So right, right. yeah.
0: Um, yeah, uh, I look forward. Oh, um, and don't tell Joanna this, but there is DLC Oh, I keep seeing
1: articles and ignoring them about the DLC because I have no doubt that the the DLC articles are going to be spoiler chock full of spoilers. I'm sure Uh, some are.
0: Yeah. Good. good I mean, not necessarily for the DLC,
1: but for the original game. Like uh, how are you going to write about DLC for an interested audience without talking about moments that made people love it in the first place, right? I agree in
0: theory, but I think at least from what I've seen in practice, I think people know how special this game is.
1: Uh, So they're kind of like, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, giving giving me another reason uh, to to jump in because I've only played it the once because you you have to wait a while or give yourself amnesia or something in order for it to be even remotely as satisfying in you know a second playthrough.
1: I, I'm also going to go with the, some games are like that where like you know it's a challenge that we've uh, kind of wrestled with a bit in our rankings, but. Um, that first playthrough even if you forget some stuff that you're never going to have a comparable experience and it's something each of us have been trying to wrestle with when it comes to to you know especially linear um or more functionally linear games with a with a clear beginning and ending and the stuff along the way you have to figure it out and there's not procedural or random or competitive component to to mix it up like there's no accident that for my list very few of those games are on there so far, but it doesn't mean that they're not deserving of, of praise just because the, uh, <clears throat> the puzzle is solved, <laughs> you yeah. know, the puzzle aspect of a game. So. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, let's uh, press ahead into our second feature of the show, What I Love About. And uh,
1: Moses, share the love. All right, so um, this was a funny one. I was contemplating uh, a completely different topic for today. That's more into kind of some some roots of gaming stuff with me. Uh, Call back to that Nintendo comment I made a little while ago. Um, But then I came across something, uh, as I am won't do. And uh, what I love this week is the pushback against big game publishers Mm. that is going on. uh, the the news with regard to Activision Blizzard has been unavoidable. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, a couple of key figures stepping down, their CEO and HR director, uh, or HR executive—I I don't remember what 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 uh the title is exactly. Um, but that's—I mean, that's not what's to love. Um, what's to love is is different ways that people are mobilizing and reacting. And one thing that I found absolutely delightful that um led me to make a purchase right before the the start of this pod is the uh the response uh based on a tweet um from uh from jordan mallory where he tweeted i want shorter games with worse graphics made by people who are paid more to work less and i'm not kidding yeah yeah right well itch has a second the shorter games with worth worse graphics bundle <laughs> it's up right now um games from 25 creators with a, a base price of 20 20 bucks and i was like yeah i'm supporting this and yeah. yeah i won't be able to play a bunch of them unless i either wrestle with putting a new operating system on my uh windows machine which costs it still has seven or um you know do the darn thing and get the new computer which will happen eventually so there's going to be a kind of a backlog but some of the stuff is mac friendly and some of the stuff is like essentially browser-based Mm -hmm. Um, I fired up one of them that was a visual novel uh, after buying the bundle. And it was about a 15-minute playthrough of a game called Sunset. And it is, I mean, it is straight up visual novel, not my main area. But certainly, I appreciate the artistry Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: that goes into that. Graphics, very crude music, uh, you know, like 8-bit and just very delicate and nice. Story compelling and and a bit painful. Um, I know you're going to appreciate this. The The bundle is hosted by... Cannibal interactive, which don't <laughs> no help me. Right. Did we not like get an auto-generated <laughs> like something really close to that? I'm just like, oh shoot, the auto generator is more accurate than we might like to think.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was cannibal castle. Um, oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Cannibal castle was the
0: game. That was a cool game idea. Shoot. And then I was I was turning that over in my head and not to jump in to make my game, but like, I was like, what if you have this castle and as the siege proceeds uh, outside, you are literally taking masonry from one part to another, and mm. like slowly constricting your your space because you're running out of resources. And uh, that was my because you're you are cannibalizing cannibalizing your itself. own castle
1: in yeah. order to like. And it's like, yeah, we're way way ahead by going back <laughs> into the past, but like right. essentially you're going to lose. But how long can you yeah keep the siege uh, going? Or, I mean, it could be a level design-oriented game where you do need to outlast for a specific amount of time Mm -hmm. by coming up with creative ways to reuse. Anyway, um, (laughs) however, games in this bundle include amazing titles like Kaiju Big Battle, B-A-T-T-E-L, Phyto Fantasy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And A Nightmare's Trip or Be Not Afraid, aka Seraphim Horror Show. There's just some, I I am so curious about um, a bunch of these delightful games I now have uh, theoretical and in some cases, immediate access to. Um, And just what a great moment we've touched on the, on the indie side of of games before. Uh, What a great moment. What a wonderful kind of positive and productive thing to do in light of frustration. And clearly, I mean, they've raised over 9,000. Let's, let's refresh. Over 9,000? So 9,499, the target goal was 69, 69, 69. So they've (laughs) already basically exceeded by almost 3,000 their target. I'm sure that's just going to keep on going. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and I mean, I definitely, uh, even though I obviously spent a lot of time on intense, long play invested AAA productions, I super identify with the sentiment behind this. And I love that there are game makers out there just, you know, banging away at it de- developing games that that are shorter and in some instances the graphics might even be legit bad in other instances they are technically worse but uh but elegant and and absolutely serve the purpose mm-hmm. um i mean in either case they're going to serve the purpose right i'm not here to bash anybody's effort um but you know what i'm saying is uh, you know sometimes people will be intentionally <laughs> making something downgraded and honestly pretty shitty and that's the aesthetic they're going for versus um you know, crude, simple, uh, but elegant and beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, either way, uh, I look forward to exploring more of the games in the bundle, and uh, it's just definitely something to love about uh, <laughs> about games in the face of some stuff that's really not to love about the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, Cruelty Squad kept popping into my head as you were describing this uh, because, I mean, It looks bad on purpose, but it's apparently amazing. I don't know if you've, it's been sort of, you know, blowing up a little bit uh, more in the last few weeks, but. Okay. um, Yeah, you're like a a hitman for this big company, and the graphics look like, you know, a Windows 98 screensaver or or some such. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, it's supposed to be really, really good. but yeah, the the ability to not care about graphical fidelity and focus on other
1: things. And also you know. to be like, you know what, this game takes 12 minutes to play. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. It's what I the experience I want for my players, you know, mm-hmm. or an hour and a half, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Also, um, there's a game in here called Date That Mothman, all with exclamation marks <laughs> after each one. <laughs> Just- nice.
0: Um, But yeah, like the, you know, as we discussed the various entry have come down and we've been able to rediscover that you don't need graphics. Mario was fun and still is. And it doesn't matter that it's aged significantly, you know, Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I feel like we've been in, in sort of a Renaissance period for a while now. And I don't see that, slowing down anytime soon. No, I
1: don't think so. I think it's just a question of where you're looking. It's very easy to feel like stuff's not going on if you're not looking in the right place, but the the array of of creators is so diversified now that it just continues. People continue to do really cool, really creative things.
0: Yeah. Um great. Well, speaking of cool and creative, um what I love about video games is the secrets and how it Didn't kind of
2: hell.
0: kind of becomes an, an itch in the back of your mind and something that can even sort of consume you. Um, and one thing I wanted to uh, talk about was Banjo-Kazooie and the stop and swap uh, secrets that they had planned, but weren't able to actually ever see to fruition. Ah. And a secret without an ending if you don't know that there's no ending it's even more maddening right because you're like no this is there's something right, um, right. and banjo kazooie like i was watching a video about it today and i'm like man it's already on my list but i just forgot how special that that game was rare platformer you're, mm-hmm. a, you're a bear with a bird in a backpack and you roam around getting uh jiggies as they were called uh getting getting jiggy with it um but Uh, They were going to make a sequel called Banjo Tooie, and they wanted to have uh, something where you could collect these uh, secrets in the first game and then literally rip the cartridge out and you had 10 seconds and then you put in Banjo Tooie and then you would take those secrets with you. There were like six balloons and then an ice key. Um, Wow. That's
1: so ambitious for the time yeah and I mean that's all... ambitious now if you were trying to re- retro it yeah make it to do the physical media that's wild and this was you know obviously pre-modern
0: internet um mm-hmm. and what i distinctly remember was there was this uh grid of letters almost like indiana jones uh you know stepping on the, the right letters uh and you could just type stuff out and different things would happen and one of them even was if you typed erase Three times, and the game would warn you. The game would erase your save file. <laughs> like hey, wait, it it not, would or wouldn't.
1: Would it warn you, or it no? would warn you? It okay, would warn it would warn you. Warn
0: you. Um, but that's pretty bonkers. Uh, but I remember ground pounding, or whatever the equivalent was, those letters, and just trying to figure stuff out, and seeing in magazines hints about these secrets. And there was this uh, witch doctor you could visit, and he could turn you into a washing machine eventually. And like I'm like okay I'm just rolling around as a washing machine now trying to find these secrets and then apparently and uh, I didn't really know this until I looked at it today there was a hardware revision on the N64 that then reduced that window of time from ten seconds to one second which is functionally Whoa. impossible yeah uh, and so then they they baked up some stuff for like uh, you know future releases on like an online store. To kind of you know hint at that or, or let you do that a little bit, but it never fully was was realized. But um, it's like reading a, a mystery novel or watching a, a movie, except you are the one actually discovering what lies beneath or what doesn't lie beneath. And you know, it's almost akin to being stuck in, say, a Zelda dungeon where you're frustrated and you you want to see the next thing, but being in that moment is special. Like, uh, I think I've, I've said this before in life, if not on the pod, like being stuck in a good Zelda dungeon is a very special thing because it's only going to last a week and you won't be stuck and then you'll beat the game and you'll never be stuck again, probably, or at least not in the same way. Um, With
1: the exception of the situation I had with Phantom Hourglass, I think, yes, Phantom Hourglass, where I had a bugged copy. Oh, really? And there was one puzzle in a dungeon and it wasn't for, it was, I think it just gave you a bunch of rupees for solving it or something. I ultimately, after like hours of trying this basically the same thing over and over again, I went and looked it up online and it was like, some of the carts have a bug. This is in fact, the correct thing oh. work if your card is bugged. And I was like, oh my God. I was like being so diligent about not looking it up and respecting those secrets and respecting the fact that once you solve it, and I because I'm so with you on that, I'm so with you on that. And, um, you know, as I've already mentioned, vis a vis Ocarina having kind of been a big influence in my re entering gaming in my adult life, that cast a pretty long shadow in that regard, yeah. So, um, unless it's just like dumb crazy and I feel like I'm missing something obvious and I've spent a lot of time on it, I do not go looking stuff up usually yeah. right did you, um did you say dumb crazy dumb crazy is, is that, that a real phrase it is now
0: no I, I like it i is that hyphenated or is that all one word or it's definitely not a single word okay. um but now that you ask it it might be hyphenated it kind of sounds like it should be or a slash perhaps dumb slash crazy dumb slash crazy or or wild as we say now i guess uh the words crazy and insane are are falling out of uh things
1: will come and go and wild fashion. has its own problems that i can immediately see so mm. you know I, yeah uh, yeah it, there uh there's a lot of stuff with language that i very much respect and then there are certain lines where i go like you know damned if you do damned if you don't <laughs> yeah
0: um and yeah slightly tongue-in-cheek there i still say those words although i recognize anyway that's a that's a wholly other topic which
1: I, I actually uh, have more respect for the insane aspect of trying to like that that that's more worth uh it's a little bit more specific in terms of how it militates against a, a category of individuals yeah. yeah um but I get it I get yeah. it
0: great well let's uh press ahead then into our next segment of the show
1: tell me about oh. and, yeah. Yes, Tell me about the weirdest experience you had while playing Saints Row the Third. Hmm. Saints Row the Third. Yeah. Cause that game? I didn't spend a lot of time with it. I picked it up and uh, just didn't have a lot of bandwidth for, uh, you know, for open world games. But I know that uh, you invested a fair amount of time in Saints Row the Third. And it is a game that is known uh, for its, its weirdness. Uh, opportunities for weirdness. I'm just wondering if there's a moment or moments that stand out funkiness, whether it was baked into the story of the game or just something odd that you decided to do.
0: Yeah. I guess on the theme of of being turned into household appliances, um, although is this an appliance? Hmm. We can also discuss that. You you are in a matrix or the matrix of some sort. And at at one point in the late game, you are turned into a toilet
1: okay and i believe I would call you a totally still a household have... appliance I mean it's plumbing but you know you use it as a yeah hmm. maybe it's a stretch
0: so when i think appliance i think of at least some amount of of computerized
1: or at least hardware
0: or, or, or right right electrical yeah. circuitry uh, if a toilet is not an appliance though what is it is it like is it a piece of furniture <laughs> so you get turned into a toilet yeah um and it's it's uh yeah it's been a a bit since i've since i played saints row but um
1: well this is gotcha-esque in the sense that i'm asking you to root around in the past
0: yeah um but definitely the the toilet looms large in in my memory with that game you know i don't think i'd ever been uh, a toilet before and
1: The toilet looms large. Also, the title of my autobiography.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you have IBS, so I. (laughs) Indeed.
1: Cutting
0: close to the truth here. (laughs) Oh no! Oh no! (laughs) Um, But I believe, if memory serves, I'm picturing a toilet, uh, not an anthropomorphized toilet, but a toilet that nonetheless had dual Uzi holsters on either side of the tank. (laughs)
1: Okay, see, you're not disappointing. I, I, I thought I had something <laughs> that would be fun here. Go on.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're just 360, no scoping uh, Matrix goons. Um, and, uh, you know, the sky's all cracked and, and digital. And um, yeah, that's a, a unique sort of game because it was doing the Grand Theft Auto thing a bit, but leaning into the Madcap.
1: Well, it's like Saints Row 2 got a little bit crazy. And you could tell by the title from the third that they were like, we're taking the gloves off. There's been plenty of really good open world games at this point, the genre was exploding at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we were just talking about the Mars one the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they just went for it and were like, well, what if we just made it fucking weird? And like right out the gates from the beginning of that game, including like the character customization, they're just like, okay, get weird with it, people. Yeah. that's what we've done and this
0: is i think less weird but more sort sort of just um i don't know it speaks well of of parts of our culture i guess but like uh so take mass effect uh, mm-hmm. 2 as an example or or 1 i suppose but you could romance your your crew members sure. um some but not all uh and you could also you could have same sex romances in that um definitely some but not all which which actually undercuts my my point here a bit but what i what i appreciated about and i forget if it was two or three but you just walk up to someone and you like push the romance button and they immediately say yes and then you go have sex and that's it and that no one bats an eye there's no it's just equal you know first come first served equal opportunity uh Cutting to the quick of like, no one, you know, I don't know, but It's a video game. These are characters. Just go for it. Yeah. You want to put these two together? Okay. Right. And I was about to say that, like, it obviously doesn't matter. You either just want to see the sex scene or you want the, oh, I get a new pistol because I hooked up with this person. (laughs) Um, But actually back to mass effect, like I, you know, I had a fondness for Liara and I wanted to see more of that story and yeah i'm still in love with her <laughs> so you know uh, yeah. in real life i have a, a no, I it. she's a
1: very well-developed character um and a very complex character and mm-hmm. one that you can feel like you've gotten to know this person that you you get attached to them so yeah you know uh, although discussions of shepherds and romancing um Definitely something we should talk about uh, uh, when uh, when the prompt is a little more more directed in that direction because I think we you and I both can probably have some nice reflections on uh, on that. Um, Mass Effect two is on my list for a reason. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, it gives new meaning to that song, "Tender Shepherd." <laughs>
1: <Now> <laughs> I, I, mean, I picture I like Rex... it, You know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going like I, you know. Probably not if you're a renegade shepherd. I don't know. One in the
0: Normandy fast asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: it works too well.
0: It sure does. Um, and on the subject of working well, I'm going to ask you if you could tell me about uh your memory of the most or or a significantly frightening video game that you've played.
1: Ooh. Okay, yeah. So we've covered the the, the frightening moment question before. This leaves me in a bind in terms of trying to come up, given that I I don't spend a lot of time. And
0: given that I've already...
1: (laughs) And given that you've already asked me about a frightening moment in a game, so the most frightening game then becomes like uh, really attempting to dig deeper on this one. Um, I didn't play that much of it, but another one that definitely fits the bill uh, is Eternal Darkness yeah we're going back to the gamecube i definitely remember like again i only probably played the first couple of hours of that game um but i remember that game being like pretty freaky and unsettling and kind of getting under my skin a little bit and as each year passes in my life my tolerance for for horror in general has just kind of increased and not just my tolerance my enjoyment of it Mm -hmm. um i was very easily like frightened like stuff would get into my, into my dreams and have nightmares as a small child. So like, um, I didn't have a whole lot of capacity for that. Um, and even though that's obviously like in my twenties when, when Eternal darkness dropped, um, it still was like, as I said, I've gotten more into, into the horror genre over time. That's like around when the ring came out on home release.
0: Yeah. The ring, I saw it in the theater with, with my partner at the time and It and destroyed me. And, oh, and I, I well
1: imagine. I well imagine because I watched it on home release not too long after it came out. And I uh, actually was watching it by myself during the daytime. And mm. I paused it after like the first whatever it is, 12 minutes, the like the, the intro setup portion. And I like walked outside into the sunlight with my heart like bursting through my chest. Yeah. Um, and so, you know. And most of my heart bursting through my chest moments with video games have been Dark Souls related. <laughs> and while some of it is the fear of how effective those bosses are at tearing you apart, most of them, <clears throat> apart from Blood Starved Beast, are not usually uh, kind of a raw visceral fear of the the monstrosity itself. Literally, literally visceral. Yeah. As well. With viscera. Right. Very right. much so. Yeah. Yeah. Quite right. Quite right. So yeah. Um, Man, I'm I'm afraid I really do think you double dipped on this one. And, no, uh, but
0: actually, I think Eternal Darkness is a good. I, I was even considering just just cutting this, but I mean, that's a good pull because that game, that game. I mean, talk about fourth wall. Like it would, you know, make it look like your your PlayStation or whatever your GameCube had, had shut off. You know, you'd hear a baby I mean,
1: crying. Yeah, your
0: character's head would explode. <sighs> baby crying.
1: Oh my God, you just reminded me of that. Ugh. Yeah yeah uh they they pulled no punches
0: so i think it um yeah it definitely makes sense that's one you could you could pull up as well
1: and then in i do have a game on my to play list that i know is supposed to be pretty dark and scary uh where the heck is it though um Uh, And it's older. So I do have a game on my two playlists that's been there for quite a while that I think might have some of the bizarre freakiness, uh, although of course not experienced yet, but that might kind of get there for me a bit, is Deadly Premonition. Uh, I've heard good things about it. I've heard that it is very, very weird and that there is, uh, you know, my beloved Twin Peaks, that there's a Twin Peaks-esque quality to it that uh, kind of gets there in terms of the weird and the freaky, which also does... Bring up Alan Wake, where uh, again, kind of like Bloodborne, the first third of the game, especially, has moments that are like actually pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Where um, and part of it is the the challenge of game design, um, especially uh, along the kind of classic arc of empowering your character. Um, it's a real feel bad later in a game to lose powers, but as you become more powerful, it's a lot harder. To find things that are going to be comparably scary in a horror game, to mm-hmm. the things that they can introduce when you have very few options except to run. Mm-hmm. So you know. Um, and finally, if we're talking about games that have terrifying moments, I got to give a shout out to Minecraft.
0: Yeah, that game can be very
1: frightening, especially when you're new to it. Yeah. Um. And like, and early on when they were they were introducing, the they didn't call them Slenderman. What are they called? Enderman. Enderman. Oh yeah. God, that was probably clearly intentional. um so given, given the time, the timing of all of that. But like when they first introduced Enderman into the game, they were freaky. They were yep. freaky looking. You you already had a little bit of a like you know an inherent caution, especially early game with like skeletons and and whatnot. And it's like oh no, you literally don't want to make eye contact with this. And that's like an inherently scary mechanic. Mm -hmm. so um so when we're talking about games uh that i've played where i'm gonna say yeah there's something scary in there gonna have to just just give that call out to minecraft as well um but yeah if i were gonna settle up on like most most scary game experience i I probably will roll it back to bloodborne to that first third of bloodborne yeah but there's just a lot where you've got to be you're so used to in dark souls you're not used to being afraid you're used to getting like pretty hardcore um like anxiety <laughs> and and the, and the heart pounding is you're like oh please let me make it through this and like you want to get through a boss but there isn't a lot of stuff that is designed to to be scary or or horrific really a little mm-hmm. bit um and certainly bloodborne strikes a completely different direction in that regard with uh its whole gothic design it's digging really deep on on a game that's uh specifically got unsettling and and, and terrifying imagery so uh you know let's return to this question uh, at some point um you know hopefully I'll get some deadly premonition in there and uh, maybe you might have other scary games to recommend yeah yeah for sure
0: um great <clears throat> well up next on the show it is Paul and Moses with your baseball update
1: oh my god oh my god oh my god and that is your baseball update yeah it might as well be honestly paul Where what the fuck happened even start i'm you know well let's begin the ending blaze ball was consumed by the black hole
0: black black hole blaze hall was blaze hall Blaise ball was consumed by the the squared black hole um ball is now elsewhere uh and Blazeball is, is also in gamma as opposed to beta yeah um because it was compressed by gamma after yeah. a black hole burped Nice in its touch. general direction, um, but it was a really fun finale.
1: And I mean, I chose the best and worst possible time to mm-hmm. start paying attention to baseball.
0: You certainly did. Um, you know, I think leaning on the best and like the just I the agree. drama of.
1: I'm so glad to have been part of that moment. And even if it's like the barest amount of 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 impact. Yeah. Um, to you know, to donate to teams to help them get to the their corners navigating. A very strange yeah. map. Let's give a little context for listeners, cause most of them are probably back where I was, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, having kind of a pretty vague understanding of baseball. And then this, which was not even part of the game before.
0: Right. Yeah, there was this whole map that uh sprung up. And instead of the election this year, there was a, a map, and there were actually no
1: no playoffs either. Yeah, there were uh, not even playoffs. You know, like upending both. The uh, the playoffs and the election, um, mm-hmm. we had this very weird end season end game that that came in. That's clearly I don't think we're going to see it again. I think this is probably just a one off that happened. I would I would say for sure it's like when the Hall
0: Stars fought the Peanut at the end of maybe season I don't know twelve or something when I first started watching, and then the the monitor who has now retired uh, the Squid ate uh, the peanuts. Um, and it was just like this JRPG style boss fight, uh, which was, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, um, you know, teams were sort of let loose on this, uh, you know, it eventually rotated and became a diamond shape. Became,
1: it became a baseball diamond. Uh, although initially it looked just like it was a big square. And in each of the four corners, there was a different location. Right. Um, some of those locations were established parts of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, others were brand new if i uh the I'm yeah
0: so um and yeah uh so you know you could uh spend votes to indicate what direction you wanted your team to go on and then other teams other fans would donate coins to give you fuel to propel yourself uh around and then initially <laughs> coins initially coins yep um and then uh, you know, some teams made it down to the desert, including the magic and the tacos and the tacos, yes, and indeed. became uh scattered, which I mean that makes sense in a desert, things certainly can get scattered. I've been um,
1: scattered in a desert shit.
0: And then uh, you know, there was a hint that that we should uh propel ourselves back up to the middle where the coin was positioned in front of the supernova black hole. Yes. Uh,
1: uh, and uh at this point was when the map started to rotate.
0: Right, right. Uh, Rotating map started into started to a...
1: rotate, which uh, made us realize that the middle was effectively the mound of right. baseball diamond.
0: Yep. And so, you know, I don't know what the threshold was, but enough teams that had the scattered mod uh, made it back to the coin in the middle and the coin was then scattered.
1: Tacos um, were certainly part of that effort. Yeah, Ooh.
0: as was magic. Um, yeah. Shortly after that, the vault opened and a bunch of teams went rogue and uh, charged the mound, which was, uh, and it, I just love the, the transmedia elements here with, you know, uh, the baseball commissioner tweeting, like, what are we supposed to do? Like charge the mound and then they did. And it was so satisfying because how many times have you seen rogue umpire incinerates Nick Nyong'o, rogue umpire incinerates the millennials or not the, you know, the, the Fridays. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, rogue teams incinerate the coin and we melted that motherfucker.
1: Amazing, absolutely amazing. But it had a consequence that uh, even the anti-capitalist tacos might not have anticipated. Right. With the coin gone, all coins All coins are gone. Disappeared. Although uh, I think- as we are in the reset, it looks like as we come back to the next season we may in fact have coins left over. I'm not sure. that is a great question because
0: when I do a like a, a control R refresh on the Blazeball page, it, it it quickly flashes and I see my 306, thousand coins sitting there. And as much as Blazeball is anti-capitalist and you and I are are you know varying degrees of, of anti-capitalist. Betting is fun,
1: and without points, well, core mechanic of the game. Right. Uh, so, unless they come up with a truly novel uh, and and just different way of engaging, there will have to be something. Um, right. But I'm excited either way. I'm excited either way. I, I like, who knows which way it's going to go? But that's the narrative of the of the, this final and the, the rest of this like played out in pretty much like 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. Yeah. There was not a lot of time from the point when the mound was rushed and the coin was scattered. Yep. Um, and
2: I then think yeah, there's the... pretty
1: much like one day left to like try and get back to a safe haven. Right, because then um,
0: Baseball Commissioner Parker McMillan the fifth tweeted run, and then someone replied like where and then someone else replied the bases, and all the teams then scattered back to the four corners except the eastmost corner because that was where the black hole squared was expanding yep. and consuming everything in its path and just the the drama of it and you can go and you can click through day by day and see the movement of the teams you see all the hall uh you know the hall of flame teams burst forth charge the coin and then you see everyone scatter back many teams didn't make it and were eaten by the black hole all teams will return all Apparently. teams will
1: return. We were guaranteed that which all teams will return, which I'm very glad to hear that. I mean, obviously, I was like personally satisfied that you know that the tacos had made it to safety, but yeah. um, but hey, I'm not. This is a very uh, kind of pro-social platform. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to lose their team. That would be terrible,
0: right? Uh, so yeah, all the teams will return, uh, and I'm assuming. Well, it already is out of beta because it's in in gamma, in and gamma. that gives that gives a wide berth of what's the word um not forgiveness but like you you accept that there will be these hard resets and yeah. maybe maybe the coin comes back and maybe it's the same coin although i doubt they would do that but you know what i mean capitalism will return to baseball in Probably. some some form or another um but it, it was just a, a thing of beauty and then so yeah you all of your coins were taken away uh snack pack was was eaten by a black yep. hole leaving me with three measly slots uh and before i even knew it i had already donated all of my snacks to yep. other because in the absence of coins
1: all you could do is donate snacks to help people get where they were going.
0: yep and magic just barely had enough snacks to make it uh back to the desert and to safety and again none of this actually is going to matter as as blaze ball goes on um but Narratively, in the moment, you're like, it mattered a lot for the season.
1: Yes, especially with no with no playoffs. Like yeah. that was the 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 playoff was could your team make it back to, to safety? And yeah. and that was, you know, the win for those of uh, those teams that did mm-hmm. um, and, and the loss register for those that didn't. But, you know, again, we'll all be back. Well, I'll be back.
0: And I think what won't change is um So, you know, all of the extra, okay, so that's the other interesting thing we should talk about is the thesis of the expansion era, which turned out to be the expansion of the game itself and the rules, and how that can be a harmful thing if you pile on system after system, and then you're rooting for your team to lose, and that doesn't feel good. How weird is that? It doesn't work right. You, you know, you mentioned that in our last episode that on the Tacos Discord, there was thoughts about this very thing that, yeah. You know, the this was to illustrate that it can be dangerous to to just pile on, to try and make more money. You're putting rule after rule, and it can harm the the soul
1: of the sport. The sport, absolutely right, and yeah, for the tacos, like the desire to get good, uh, you know, but to to revel in losing while you lose. But the moment that that got gets offended, that was definitely up in the tacos Discord of like, not feeling good about those rules. Cause what does that do to your ethos when you're Uh, you know, you've built your identity around, you know, we suck, we'd like to get good at some point, but we're okay Mm -hmm. with being part of participation just making part of the experience happen, right? Um, It gets really tilted when suddenly you're like, well, maybe we really want to lose hard. Yeah. You know, uh, it's messy. I'm sure that the expansion era also saw a significant expansion in playership. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that for people I've been telling about baseball, I'm going to have to be reminding them in a few weeks Uh, hopefully a few weeks we don't know exactly how long uh a few months
0: realistically but
1: but we'll see a a few months are just a lot of few weeks just a big few weeks can't argue with you there argue with myself (laughs) terrible not trying to go into politics here
0: um and yeah i guess when
1: comes back around i i I was realizing as i was trying to get into it i was like oh i have baseball loving friends who would really who are who are gamer types who would really enjoy this? Cool, yeah. And
0: it's interesting how many definitions expansion uh, because it's like when the expansion error first happened is when the three new teams the mechanics the Atlanteans and the uh, the other one um, oh, be so joined baseball. It so it's like okay, the the roster of teams is expanding, but then it was like oh no, it's it's e density. The teams yeah. are literally getting heavier and denser, but then it's like, no, the sport—the sport, the sport itself—is getting heavy and dense with all these rules and addendums and weird one-off scenarios that might happen. You know, I do uh, feel
1: like they missed the opportunity to call it the expansion error. <laughs> the expansion <yeah>. era, right? <laughs> oh well. Yeah, but it's uh, okay. Uh, history's funny, and who knows what'll wind up. Uh, you know what? What uh loot crates uh loot crates whatever right <laughs> how how it'll go down in history um and yeah to
0: to kind of finalize my my thought on with magic like there's no longer an under bracket because that rule is gone but magic is the reigning under bracket champion yeah so will we be that for a while and that's kind of cool if we
1: are I mean. In one sense, if it never comes back, you might be it permanently or semi-permanently if it doesn't come back for a long time. Yeah. That might just be <clears throat> kind of that that little like personal mark, like when a sport ends. Um or sport. I mean, we haven't seen the end of any sports yet since we only have one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I mean, I I don't know. Do you think they're going to make football? I did
0: I doubt it. I think there's enough going on with with baseball.
1: I, I, I don't think I, I don't think football would work and and uh, uh, pro, uh basketball would be a, a stretch it would be hard well they have golf Baseball special
0: golf is canonical well, uh, golf is canonical that as, makes as, sense as well as football
1: but um what I do wonder is it might be just because I've played fantasy basketball that I could see kind of how a a basketball might work yeah I've played fantasy f- Football and so I can see how flip ball could could also potentially work, but I don't think there will be the, anywhere near the appetite that there is for baseball.
0: And there are so many variables, like someone's position on a court or on a football field, as opposed to are you on base or not. Like there's there's a lot more going on under the hood it with gets, those other it, sports.
1: It gets rendered down into whatever stats you can track in any given sport. You know. Yeah, uh, but
0: but part of the satisfaction of baseball is getting to see the runners on base. Oh, yeah. Right. And if you didn't have the equivalent where you could see where the basketball player was on the court, like it might be less.
1: Having having played fantasy basketball, what I can tell you is that when you're really hyped about it, what you're watching is the active games and who is scoring in what positions
2: mm-hmm.
1: and across the different categories of actual points, three points, blocks, etc. Yeah. Um. And it's still playing out in real time. So like that's why I could I could conceptualize how that might look. It wouldn't be quite as clean as watching the little virtual, you know, electronic baseball diamonds play out. Um, but for the right audience, it could be compelling. Yeah. Um, but again, and like fantasy football, would be even would be tougher from my perspective to make into a sport. Mm -hmm. Um, because of how scoring matters in the game. I, Football so fucking slow in the first place, right? Right, um and and the season is short, and fantasy football is often like it's really all about injuries. That's the worst thing about <laughs> fantasy football, and you can see why that just is not going to translate as naturally in in terms of sports to uh, something that could be uh kind of weirded and, and made into, I mean, like, some some funkiness.
0: What is an injury but not a temporary incineration?
1: Sure. But the beauty of it in, in baseball and then transitioned into baseball is that that's something that basically never happens in baseball. Uh So like the insanity of things like players getting incinerated and other bizarre stuff and scattered, like, um, it's superimposed across the sports, otherwise really pretty steady and the health of players mostly comes into the health of your pitcher and whether or not their arm is working in real baseball. (laughs) Um, whereas i mean come on football's a blood sport it's really built around people getting freaking damaged um <laughs> i love watching football but I, I cannot deny that it's modern day you know gladiators and as such i would have a lot of trouble seeing how it could effectively translate into a a weirded fantasy fantasy sport yeah um baseball special it's got a sweet spot for having this happen to it and i could kind of see i can kind of con- theoretically conceptualize how golf might be might be interesting yeah. Um, in terms of like, you've got your 18 holes and you can have fucking anything happen on a course oh, once yeah. you open the doorway of, uh, of, of the fantastic sport kind of frame. Um, It'd be weird. I don't even know of real fantasy golf, but I'm sure it exists because for sure, how could it not? So uh, well, anyway, that was quite a ramble. And I guess for
0: me, my final sort of musing here is, Will the fans be more careful now about adding rules? Uh, will the game allow for it? And if the game does allow for it, will people choose the more restrained options? Uh, because it's fun. The chaos of it is fun. But but as we've seen, when you pile so much on, it, it can dilute the purity of of the experience
1: i I have a a pseudo answer for you which is that teams have clearly have identities you know i have a sense of the the identity of the tacos i don't i have a little bit of a sense of the identity of the magic from you um Mm -hmm. but my deep dive into the tacos discord has definitely yielded uh my my deeper understanding of tacos culture than of, of magic culture um but uh clearly teams have kind of identities and preferences and um I think that if those questions are faced, it'll be very interesting to see how that intersects with how teams see them themselves, team fandoms see themselves in terms of what they want to represent. Yeah. I'm excited. Like I was shocked to see earlier, just a quick rewind, um, as we were sorting into the different corners, there was the strong theory for several days that this was going to help determine the next season's uh division structure it I mean the game presented it as such it did it used the interface it used the division interface uh to show how we were how we were based on which quadrant we were in right um and not knowing enough about the other teams I was nonetheless a little bit surprised to see some uh maybe not that surprised but a little bit uh of of chatter on the tacos discord about like well we don't want to go there because I really don't want to be playing that team over and over again. (laughs) And I was like, I don't even know much about that team's culture, but obviously there are, you know, fellow tacos fans here who have very strong feelings about this. So I'm just going to trust that I'm treading with a light foot at this point and, uh, and will continue to do so. But, uh, but I'm looking forward to, um, you know, it might be many months from now. I did the survey. I didn't have too much that I could reasonably contribute as a newcomer, but yeah. uh, but I did say that uh they better change the UI for the slots.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think there's gonna be a lot of improvements. And uh now you get to enjoy it's it's like anything else. It's like waiting for a, a new book or a movie uh to come out. There's a a pleasant anticipatory period.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know,
0: it doesn't hurt that Blaze Ball is gone, but you you look forward to its return.
1: You know, just to throw a World of Warcraft analogy in there. Um I didn't play in beta, uh, and, uh, I didn't play true, true vanilla, but I played original WoW. Um, you got to have the equivalent of experience of playing original WoW. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the functional experience of jumping on to a server like two months before the end of original WoW and the release of Burning Crusade. Um, and of course, with a commercial product like World of Warcraft, it never stopped. Mm-hmm. But we are functionally kind of in between. I mean, obviously we're functionally in between beta and full release, but we're also kind of in between for Blaze Ball the equivalent of like the first expansion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh air quotes there that that our listeners can't see. Um that kind of burning crusade represented for a WoW, while, except that I think unlike that, uh, we're going to see um <laughs> something probably tighter uh just to yeah. kind of put a put a, a thought on that in relation to what you've been saying uh as far as what what the expansion era represented it was an opportunity for the devs to be able to put all kinds of batshit insane stuff out there and see what the players do with it
2: yep um, see what they liked lot what they didn't like
1: really cool data to work with as a developer to think about what you want to bring back yeah As you're going forward so
0: for sure well speaking of going forward we will uh go forward into our final segment of the show. It's time for Make My Game.
2: Make My Game.
0: Make My Game. Ooh, I like this coming this week from Tiny Engineer Productions, which is just adorable.
1: It is adorable.
0: Um, What do we have here? We have Vampire Frontier.
1: Ooh, I like it. I like it. You know, last week, really felt tough once we got to unpacking it it presents some kind of interesting possibilities but it left kind of vague um i feel like tiny engineer productions they are not as tiny as their name might Mm. might suggest um they might be like a smaller branch of of a bigger publisher they have they have a budget to work with for a game like vampire frontier Mm -hmm. um and i mean I know it's kind of the obvious play here but I'm feeling that frontier is old westy. I definitely got that impression as well and I I feel like
0: vampires and wild west have have been intertwined before in in various yeah, I can't media.
1: Think of one particularly strongly. I mean aliens sure, zombies maybe definitely I mean in terms of like game expansions yeah. um You know, Red Dead had a zombie thing back when everything had a zombie thing. But I can't personally put my finger. Um, I mean, kind of with uh uh oh god, what was that comic? East of uh East of West. East of West. There were some vampiric overtones there, but not specific. Yeah. But I don't know, are you feeling the literal vampires or are you feeling more like vampire is adjectival here in relation to our frontier? I'm I'm feeling more literal. Um, okay, good. Plan. I'm relieved to hear you say it, because I'm really excited about the idea of an old west like vampire setting that that just yeah. like, that feels like it could be really cool. Definitely.
0: Um, and my first thought, I'm not sure how conducive it is to, to, to your train of thought, but I pictured a Harvest Moon Stardew Valley type game, except everything is inverted because you're a vampire meaning that you get up at 10 PM instead of okay. 6 AM yeah. and you're tending your, your nighttime crops, your, your, your blood wart and your nightshade and whatever else. Um, yeah. but, but that was, that's kind of
1: it. That's as far as my thoughts. Have no, that's so, so I was already leaning in the direction, not of like a first or third person, like, you know, there are plenty of opportunities to do that. But I was already leaning towards more of, um, kind of a strategy or a top-down uh, kind of look. So, yeah, maybe we could
0: expand instead of it just being a farm. You perhaps it's like a town builder, where you're yeah. trying to make a, a refuge for vampires who uh, do bad things. Sure, but I mean they can also be sympathetic characters.
1: I mean, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to kind of go all the way there with this. Um, There are good and bad vampires. um, Mm -hmm. But they have overwhelmingly been used as the the scapegoat in the old world where they've Mm -hmm. been persecuted. Uh, So they're coming to the new land Mm. um, to try to get a fresh start. And some of them, but, you know, some bad vampires are following too, right? Um, And I... I'm leaning towards the idea that even though there could be a uh, like um, a multiplayer or social component to the game uh, that it's more of a, a single player type experience and you're a good vampire. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sure. I mean, you have to drink blood. This is a given. Um, but you're not going around killing people. You're not enslaving people. You're not treating them brutally. Like um, it's like a brothel. I mean, we're getting into
0: like True Blood territory here.
1: <laughs> yeah, Uh, but like all uh, uh, the implication of Loop Hero, where yeah. like the vampires have a control over their desire for blood, and they clearly have a good relation with the people who live on their lands.
0: Okay, so this is so not necessarily thing. a a reservation for vampires. This is a a commingling, but maybe the vampires are pulling the strings. Uh, well, the as
1: vampires well. are moving out to the frontier. Mm-hmm. They're fleeing persecution from the old world. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get established um, and create you know your safe environment um, you know for yourself and your kin. Um, but you're also dealing with the fact that bad vampires are also fleeing the old world, and they're trying to set up and they're trying to set up their little tyrannies out here in you know, in the wild West. doesn't have to actually be West. This could be a map that's completely differently constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly pulling from this this inspiration, right? Um, and so, like, I do like the uh, um, you know the Stardew Valley esque aspect, where part of the game is the literally like you getting getting up at night and you're like tending your grounds. Um, but then it could cycle into a like that's that's one cycle of of uh, of a night, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then like after you've done the the kind of maintenance part. Um, you know, maybe there are a couple of other, there are a couple of other bits that happen. Um, one could be, uh, uh somewhat procedurally generated, like who shows up to talk to you? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what do you have to do to like, um, you know, interact with people to create positive or negative relations with, with different people who kind of, uh, seek you out. And like later on in the game, maybe they're seeking your audience, but like early on in the game, You've got your little plot of dirt or whatever, you know. You've got like, you're just tiny, your tiny little spot where where you're kind of hiding out in a little frontier town, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe maybe you maybe you are the lone vampire who moves
0: into this town, and it's your task to gradually subvert and control the human population to allow for more. And it starts off with just your plot and your farm. Yeah, and, and I love it. And you go from there.
1: Actually, it starts off with literally your plot, but you're like in a little local cemetery. It's how yeah. you're able to smuggle yourself in. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but then you can kind of you can kind of build that up until you like convince a, like different possibilities, but like you convince a local farmer to like take you in using your vampiric like charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it like you get into stage two of the game, where it expands out a little bit. Um, and and you have different vampires with different stakes, uh, pun absolutely <laughs> intended um, that that they've that they've claimed, and you start getting into it. So it adds a new cycle to gameplay. So first, you're just kind of, you know, doing the part where you're kind of going around and you're dealing with your with your land and then you have your uh, your interactions. Um, and I feel like maybe there's a third phase of base gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you add a fourth phase that maybe isn't daily, but but might be weekly that's like kind of um, You know strategy map level where you're you're choosing to kind of commit resources make alliances uh that sort of thing
0: yeah and you have like zones of influence like okay all the humans in this zone are in our thrall or maybe it's a mutually beneficial scenario
1: oh yeah Uh, maybe you're not necessarily a good vampire you have a choice you can play evil hmm. and be all about casting your thrall or you can play the slightly harder road at least early game harder road of playing good Um, and like having to actually win them to your cause and, and, and help like your, your human, uh, followers, we'll still go with followers, um, you know, kind of, kind of get on board. So like, maybe it's going to easy, uh, you know, easy mode youth for, for your first, even if you're playing good, we don't want to make it like brutally fucking hard early game just cause you're trying to not be evil. Um, but I do kind of like this idea that maybe depending on what path you take, like, mid game uh like early game is maybe easier if you're evil i don't know late game needs to be equalized is yeah. what i'm yeah. thinking right when you get to when you get to late game whether you've chosen uh, you know the 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 nice or the or or the manipulative psychopathic path um it needs to be equal so that it's just like you know solid competition but maybe like early game is easier if you choose the the evil path and mid game is is Easier to let you catch up. Yeah. Like catch up in mid game if you've chosen the light path.
0: And I'm, I'm picturing like light a Light is totally the
1: wrong word. We're talking about vampires. Yeah.
0: I'm picturing a minigame where it's your classic Western duel at high noon, except this is at low noon, AKA midnight. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you have silver bullets or, uh, you know, I guess vampires. Well, some vampires don't like yeah, silver it's not
1: usually for vampires, but you've got like uh, a steak gun.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. I dig uh, it. yeah, I think uh I think that's a nice little little nugget of an idea there.
1: I werewolves uh, obviously have to come into it too, but we'll sure. leave that for uh we'll leave that for further development for uh for Tiny Engineer Productions.
0: With their game Vampire Frontier. And uh we will now uh move into the final frontier, which is outer space and goodbyes. <laughs> we're gonna, gonna focus say. on goodbyes.
1: Don't <laughs> look. Oh, Sorry, that's <laughs> Picard saying his own name. Right, I was
0: gonna say he's uh looking in the mirror, Jean Luc and himself, he's getting a good Jean Luc at his, at his grizzled old mug. Okay. Um,
1: okay, uh, this was episode why from me do a Picard. Okay, <laughs> you've learned things today,
0: we sure have. This was episode 21 of Paul and Moses' play, which is something I will announce this time and never again. <laughs> um, <laughs> But what I will announce each and every time is my thanks for you for being with me today, Moses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Paul, for hosting. And I, you know, one thing we don't usually shout out is the Discord. Uh, I haven't been checking on it, especially, but um, but always worth hyping the Discord. Yeah. Um, any links that I've
0: provided for the Discord are now uh, months uh, expired, but uh, this is a good opportunity for me to send out uh, a freshie. And actually, I haven't checked the Gmail in a while either because.
1: Uh, There's just that one lonely email there. But hey, you never know. You never know. So, you know, if you are just tuning into back episodes of the podcast and you marathon this shit and you're like, you know, I got a clunker for you, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: Yeah. And, uh, you
1: know, speaking of, uh,
0: of the audience, thanks to everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Paul and Moses Play. If you have a question, a comment or a suggestion, please email us at paulandmosesplay at gmail.com, and I promise I will, I we will promise, check Paul it. I promise Paul will. <laughs> um, anyway, though, we will see you next week, and until then, never
2: stop, stop
0: playing!
2: playing.